wondering if there was a specific name for Krishna um, that speaks about his just making perfect arrangements for his devotees, like even us here in the material land trying to be devotees. Seems like you know things are everything's a struggle, and all of a sudden everything just falls into place, and you know that it couldn't be anything but Krishna's arrangement that it happens like that and you know Bhaktivatsal covers a large ground but is there another specific name that would describe this mystical lady maybe Kartamashan Kartamashan bit of a manager There was a, a deity like that found somewhere or presented to Prabhupada uh, it was in Los Angeles. Yeah, I don't remember the genesis, the origin of that. Uh, but the, the Prabhupada called him the boss, yeah, the boss man. <laughs> so, Karta means Kartami, Sean. So, the Isha of Karta, the boss man. <laughs> Ranges things, something like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we tend to think of the the Paramatma directing the wanderings of the jivas um, in an indirect way, as he gives his marvelous witness. But without his uh, sanction, then the um, karmic consequences in one's life cannot be. Uh, awarded, and um, so in that way, he's described as directing the wanderings of living beings. They're really directing; they're really kind of self-directed in a sense, but their own volition is not sufficient to bring about the desired result. The sanction must be there as well. Um, so there was a discussion. Recently, in which we were talking about the implications of of, of karma, and um, I, I think I brought up the point that if that within the context of the karmic um, bondage, there's obviously. Um, Uh, I want to say the karmic bondage does not do away with the agency of the jiva or the jiva's ability to exercise its uh, its will and be, in that sense, a prominent um, agent of action. Because without uh, will, then there's, there's there's no meaning to the scriptures, for example, whether they be bhakti scriptures on a higher level or the scriptures dealing with with karma that uh, advocate to do good things rather than bad things, which are then choices that the uh, the jiva has to make. The jiva is making choices, kind of by proxy, I guess would be a way to say it, because it empowers the antakarna, the buddhi, to do for intention, intention, intentionality, coming from the buddhi an aspect of the antakarna, the subtle body. 
um, without the empowerment of the of the jiva, then that subtle body doesn't have the the ability to function um, in uh, in such ways that we tend to think or readily appear to experience that we have thoughts and the thoughts produce actions that we will I think I'll do this and then we carry it out with the senses and so forth so so while there's ways of saying the jiva is not the doer uh, there are ways in which we say that he is she is it is we are and that's important because without any uh, will if the jiva has no agency then the whole question of moral responsibility is uh, brought into question hmm? which is an important uh, uh, aspect of, uh, of any uh, civilized uh, society you, you should we should know of course that in, that in, within materialism there's no agency on the part of the jiva or the, the self there is no self so Moral responsibility is 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 up is up for grabs, and what's moral is also is very uh, it's a it's a relative kind of human uh, construct. It's not tied to anything grounded in anything ontologically. There's no real good or real real bad, or there's no real correct thought or wrong thought by extension as well. So it's a very impoverished. Uh, um, sense of, uh, of of being and existence, and it's it seems rather absurd. Often, uh, if you don't mind my going off on this a bit in the, for a bit for the, just a moment here, um, very um, poorly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't even use the term poorly poorly reasoned. Anyway, the idea that 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 without a theology or a philosophy, let's say, that gives agency to the jiva, that we're going to be able to create a world that is more uh, just and and uh, and fair and so forth. Anyway, so um, at any rate, there is agency. The jiva has agency. It means it's a, it's a doer, hmm? and so otherwise karma has no meaning. Yeah, right, because they're. Their choices and, uh, and and their consequences is the idea. Granted, our choices may be conditioned by our previous choices that create tendencies within us to choose the same way again, given the same circumstances. And so, the lower we go, so to speak, um, more the more we go under the rock of material uh, influence, the more we become rock-like. Um, our constitution doesn't change, and so. But we don't, for example, give uh, attribute moral consequences to plants and animals and so forth. They're, they're thought to be um, consequences, the very lives of choices within human society, which tells us that on the scale hmm, of the influence. Of the modes of nature, hmm? the higher or the, le- the higher we go, the less or the less we are influenced, the more the agency of the jiva, its will, it has the uh, capacity to um, 
it really express itself uh, more freely. I mean, someone could say there's no free will in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and that there's no thing that you can choose, and just because you chose it, it's going to happen. There are other factors, like the sanction of the Godhead, ultimately. But still, the, the less covered we are by material nature, the more free we are if to choose. And therefore, it's said that the liberator, the mukta, uh, in, in, in transcendence itself, having entered there, is satyasankalpa. So whatever the jiva wills, the mukta wills, happens. But the jiva, the mukta, is willing within the environment of the sarup shakti. First of all, the jiva has to, the sadaka has to will for bhakti and a form of liberation that includes movement, form, lila, and so forth. Vaishnav idea of liberation or prem, as we would call it more accurately, and uh, and then then having attained mukti, that liberated premika hmm, has will. Hmm. So the will goes away. As I say, some cowherds like uh, bananas, some like mangoes. They all like yogurt, but. Um, and rice, but there are different choices. All the choices are part of Sakya Ras, part of Madhurya Ras, and which is full of variety. And all these choices are all pleasing to Krishna because they're all under the influence of the Sarup Shakti. Here they're all under the influence of the Maya Shakti. They're not pleasing to Krishna, they're not pleasing to us either. Um, but there are choices to be made. So at any rate, we are having a discussion like this, and I was making the point that... Um, that there is free, relatively free choice in human life, and um, then then we may we may suffer the consequences of something that we've done in the past, but everything that happens to us can't be the consequence of something we've done in the past or else there's no free choice in the, in the, in the present. Hmm. And our free choice in the present can't also be the consequence of somebody else's free choice in the past. Hmm. So anyway, point is, who's doing what, who's to blame for what, and so we were talking about kind of sorting out the karmic um, predicament implications and so on and so forth. So... Um, Lulal and I, and, and actually Bhaktaras had a conversation, but we did a little. I either I brought up or Lulal suggested that if you look in the in the first canon of the Bhagavatam, seventeenth chapter, there you find this dilemma is brought up hmm, by a Dharma in the form of a a bull speaking with Parikshit Maharaj, and Parikshit Maharaj asks, "Who's done this to you?" The bull is standing on what light on one leg and has been beaten, and so forth. And bull is metaphorically rep- represents dharma, religiousness, at the onset of the the, the the quality of time we call kali. And uh, and so the king wants to know, he's looking throughout his kingdom where he's protecting uh, people and facilitating uh, uh, religious life and so forth. And, and this is what he comes upon. And so... 
the, the bull is reluctant to say who is the cause for different reasons uh, and within the context of that the question comes well what who is to blame and there are different ways of looking at it so we get it from the yogic from the yogi's point of view suffering is is all in the mind so the mind is the cause suffering suffering and happiness are all in the mind which is true it's just a particular angular vision right there maybe but that doesn't yeah but it's also there's different ways to look at the whole affair <clears throat> Um, the planets, the karma, this, that, and the other thing. What's the cause? And the conclusion there, hmm, in the next section from the commentators, is that uh, is that you can't sort it out. But if we are to sort it out and be pressed for an ultimate cause, we defer to the fact that nothing can be done without the sanction of God. So God's the cause of everything. Um, but that's a re- rather remote kind of answer in the context of saying there's no way to sort out the details. If you press me on it, I'll say that nothing could happen without God. God is everything, for that matter. Him and his shaktis, and there, and so on and so forth. So it's a kind of an answer, but it's it, of course if you understand that the wrong way. You say God has, did this to me. It's not. That's not what we're saying either. God didn't do this to me, but but if you're looking for an ultimate cause, we'd say it's God. Otherwise, we say that there's no way to sort it all out. And Krishna says the same thing in the Gita, right? Um, that uh, karma is very difficult to understand the implications of it. I was reading a, recently a, a Buddhist book on karma, but it was very kind of disappointing the way they take the karmic theory from Hinduism and then uh, yeah, to tweak it there to uh, relation to their own um, well the, the Buddha's you know, it's an outgrowth of Hinduism but anyway I wasn't appreciating some of the points that were raised there but it, it's anyway it's a good answer there is no answer to all, all that now um, um I know we get mad with talking about Kartamashan and he's the doer of everything. So we say the Paramatma, sometimes we say the Paramatma is directing the wanderings of all the living entities. But the point I'm making is that he directs the wanderings not by saying, you go here, you go there, you go here, but, by the, but by deferring often to material nature and not interfering. In other words, let's say you put a, you put a quarter in a machine and you, you get out what you want you press the button, comes out, and 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 the Paramatma is like the electricity that you know lets it all happen. Something like that. He's not saying, uh, not, not involved in a sense uh, more than that. Therefore, your own acts are are driving your life. This is the emphasis in the scripture. Your own volition, your own acts are uh, are responsible. You're responsible for your for your situation. That's the that's the lar- overriding kind of um, emphasis. So anyway, we say he's directing the wanderings of all living beings, but he's doing it in a, in a like from the backstage, behind the stage, you know, pulling the curtains and something like that um, as witness. 
he has has some relationship with material nature. It's indirect. It's not a direct relationship like he has with this Harup Shakti. He doesn't even have a direct relationship with the Tatasta Shakti. Unless the Tatasta Shakti becomes imbued with the Sarup Shakti that Bhakti is constituted of, then Bhagavan's not but not involved. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe the Mahasamkrishan may be the source of the Tatasta Shakti, but hmm. Krishna's Atmaram, so he's self satisfied. So his his happiness derives from himself, which is to say that what it, that sort of his Swarup Shakti is very much himself. It's the Shakti that's more like him than different. The difference is for the sake of Bhava. Hmm? Radha and Krishna are one. One soul and two bodies for the sake of Bhava. That sugar might taste itself. The sweetness of Krishna manifests outside as Radha. And so... Huh. So, um, then if the jivas, if the jivas come under the influence of bhakti through the agents, agency of the devotees, then Bhagavan has relationship with them. It means he stays within the orbit of his own internal shakti. And so, material shakti, then of course, obviously, has no relationship directly, but can't ignore her altogether. She has a function, right? So he sanctions, he witnesses. Did that, material nature says, you owe that, so let it be. Next case. Yeah. Something like that. Sanctioned. Uh, so, um, so, if the Paramatma, who typically we kind of refer to as directing the wanderings, isn't even that active, then, then what to speak of Krishna. But, we have the Kartamashan. He's the boss man, and uh, and in his, he has in, in his devotees in his life. This is a, this is a different thing. He's, you mentioned Bhaktivatsal, so he's impartial towards the jivas' plight. He's not he's not favor, partial to one over another, causing one to be born in a wealthy family, another in a poor family. He's not responsible for that. But he is partial towards his devotees. Suddenly, imp- the partiality that was a that was a a, a fault uh, becomes an ornament hmm, in relation to his devotees. If he if he was not partial to his devotees, then there might not be any devotees. Okay. He he's their devotees because he is the way he is. Hmm. His partiality towards his devotees. Of course, you could try to do away with it by way of saying, "Well, it's how they approach him, so he's approaching accordingly, and so forth." Um, but he is partial towards his devotees. It's a major point. It's a, the main name of Krishna in terms of qualities. All the other qualities are subordinate uh, to this. So he's affectionate towards his devotees, and and I guess he could boss them around too, more than more directly than than, than indirectly. <laughs> So that's a good name for the, for that. Perhaps you can think of for Thomas. What was it was a what was he doing? Holding a. Something? He's got one hand on the stick. Uh huh. And um, I think he's holding a flute. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Boss man. So. He was on a bookcase in Prabhupada's room in uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
his you know his his will is being shadowed by the sarup shakti who's anticipating it making it happen even before it fully manifests he's satyasankalpa whatever he wants happens and for the sake of leela then the sarup shakti is involved yoga maya the sake of leela his being the director is obscured his being uh, and and, and uh, even the power of devotees is being obscured. It's not like Sridham or, or Madhu Mangal couldn't defeat the Keshi demon. I mean, it's like you, know, you have the Sarup Shakti over, it can dispel the Maya Shakti, for example. So, for the sake of Leela, then they appear to be dependent upon Krishna for that. Um, and for the sake of Leela, he doesn't appear to be be directing the whole thing, but it's all for his pleasure, right? From the obeyed, non-different point of view, he's his will is being played out through all the different uh, devotees who are, have bodies that are constituted of of the very same thing that his body is constituted. They're extensions of his own body. He's got many ears. When uh, Advaita Charja had a trouble with the verse of the Bhagavad Gita and um, looking at it from a devotional perspective. In the 13th chapter, Krishna says that my hands and legs are everywhere, my eyes, something like that. It's a, it's a, I think it's a, even a, uh, maybe from the Sveteshvatara Upanishad appearing again in the Gita, that very Upanishadic verse at any rate. And you know, if his hands and legs are everywhere, so we're, we're, you know, where are his two hands to take the offering and eat? And how would wait this wanting to think of him or conceives of him hmm? as as Krishna? He called Krishna, as you know, to come and, and uh, deal with the circumstances, which which he did, of course, in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But Advaita was worshiping Krishna with uh, Ganga Jal and water from the Ganga and Tulsi leaves and so forth. So this verse was kind of troublesome to him because it 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 it, uh, it uh, seemed to kind of spread out. The, it, it kind of did away with the medium size. You have the infinite and the finite. These are two ends of the, of the spectrum. And then there's medium size. So Krishna is medium size. He appears not to be infinite, not to be infinitesimal, but medium size, which is, uh, you know, without Aishvarya, right? Infinitesimal is Aishvarya. I mean, once um, one of my godbrothers said something to Prabhupada, like, Prabhupada, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the most fallen or the lowest. Prabhupada said, you're not the most anything. <laughs> you're not the most anything. <laughs> Krishna is anoraniyam. Hmm? So he's, he's smaller than the smallest. He says in the Gita, Purusham, Purushottam Yoga, 15th chapter, and bigger than the biggest. He's got both ends of the spectrum. And he's medium size. For that is, and that's very special. We'll think, smallest of the smallest, that's big. Or the biggest of the biggest, that's big. But the biggest thing is the medium size. Hmm? That's, the, that's the most extraordinary thing, right? There he appears. 
and sweetness and so forth. So this is Madhuri, the conception, sweetness, conception of the Absolute Advaita in this Upanishadic verse that's got him everywhere or seemed to do away with it, so it's troublesome for him. And Mahabrabhu uh, told him how to think about it. He said, no, it means his devotees are everywhere and everywhere his devotees are offering him and so everywhere he's reaching out <laughs> and taking their offerings and everywhere he's eating and everywhere he's hearing their chanting. Hmm? Right? So his ears are everywhere, his eyes are everywhere. Hmm? Hmm. Wherever his devotees are, they're everywhere, and so he's there. Wherever the devotees are, wherever Bhakti is, he has to go there. Has no, he has no choice in the matter. Hmm? Such is the power of his Swarup Shakti Bhakti. This con- the Bhakti is constituted as the power to overwhelm him. Hmm? So when his devotees go somewhere and give Bhakti to someone else, then Bhagwan has to go there. Hmm. He runs there. Hmm. Therefore, the emphasis on the devotee is appropriate in, uh, in Vaishnavism. So, um, anyway, medium size and um, and and that's sweet. <laughs> and then uh, into an alila, as he appears as such, he doesn't appear to be orchestrating everything, doing everything, but it's all his will. That's being played out. He's rasaran, so he's tasting all the rasas. It depends how you look at it from the beta point of view, or the abeda side. Hmm? From the abeda side, then there's then uh, the sutras say um, fourth adhyaya of the sutras is all about the, the, the finality, hmm? different types of finalities and transcendence. But uh, from the uh, Vaishnav uh, perspective. Hmm? Then um, uh, it speaks about it from a uh, sutra. Speak about it from a bade, from avade perspective. So the the, the 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 jiva becomes one with Bhagwan, becomes an instrument through which his will is played out in in any number of ways hmm, as the supreme enjoyer. But if we look at it from the avade, which we tend to look at it more, or the bade, excuse me, the bade perspective. Then we see it's the devotees. They have different desires, and they're all pleasing to Krishna. And and um, and when we look at it from the abed perspective, then or the bhava perspective, another way to talk about it, rather than the tattva perspective. Hmm? From the tattva perspective, Krishna is doing everything. From the from the bhava perspective, hmm? Krishna doesn't know everything. That does, appears not to know everything that's 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 happening even. Uh, and uh, that's more 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 more, more charming. Hmm. So, um, Kartamisha, there's your 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 name. He's the boss man in the Lila. There's some ways to to think about it. Yeah. You were talking the other night about um, when Mother Jasoda opens Krishna's mouth to see if he had eaten dirt, and that it was her Vatsalya Bhava that um, made him tell a lie and yeah. say that he hadn't eaten dirt. But then the Aishvarya Shakti came in to show. So is, is, is yoga, I mean, it, these are different, but they're actual personalities also. Yeah. Are they controlled by, is yoga maya, like overseeing all that that's play of the different 
Yeah, different different aspects of yoga maya, Aishvarya, or yeah. Of their aspects of, of her. Of the internal shakti, yeah. Different divisions of the internal shakti can manifest as Aishvarya, for example, in, in Vaikuntha, and it does there in, in Golok to some extent. And to some extent in the Devalila, uh, to, in another way, in the Naralila. Hmm. Here, um, but yeah, it's a, a bit of a similar. Doesn't have much. The Aishvarya Shakti doesn't have much. Has much room to. To um, play a role. In in the Madhurya sweet leelas of Krishna, but when she does, it's pretty big, because <laughs> we find more Aishvarya, more majesty. In a in a moment, in Krishna Lila, and you can find in all of the Vaikuntha worlds combined, and the Brahma Vimohan Lila is an example of that. Right there, Krishna, the, the Aishvarya that was shown to Brahma in Vrindavan exceeded anything all of all of the majesty in all of the Vaikuntha worlds uh, combined. Of course, no one was watching. <laughs> I guess the forest saw, <laughs> but uh, otherwise no one, no one was watching. So it has its place, and, and, and it does, and, and it's largely in the background in Goloka. But every now and then it gets to come to the foreground and play a role, and then we can learn. We we learn from from that. Mm-hmm. Yes. We are discussing about Ma and how. Krishna doesn't experience man because it's jealous anger and he wouldn't. So it's, it's Madhuri Ross and I think maybe he said something about the Kriyanamis. Well, he experiences it from his side. Right, but he doesn't actually have that jealous anger himself. He experiences it. He experiences jealousy. So this morning, Gurundi Priya was reading Ramadar Theola to Kanaya and, and it was the. the the part where Mother Yashoda went to take the milk off of the stove and Krishna becomes so enraged and angry. It almost seemed like it was a type of mind. <laughs> the milk boiling over. Yes. And, you know, for her love, you know, she want, he wanted her love and he was, she was going to give her love to that pot of milk. And so, <laughs> anyway, so it just kind of struck me. It's like, <laughs> That's her. Yeah, but that's not that's Vatsalya, but that's all in Rasa for Vatsalya. There's no man in Vatsalya. Yeah, right, but it, but it seemed like why why wouldn't that? I mean, it seemed to have. Well, you don't consider babies jealous <laughs> when the, you know when when. They want you consider them narcissistic. Haven't <laughs> 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 grown out of that. You know, <laughs> we think I should be the center, something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's uh, it wouldn't be an appropriate uh, term to refer to it. Although I wouldn't call Krishna a narcissist either, because <laughs> um, he is the center. So <laughs> that's the difference, <laughs> a slight difference. <laughs> 
One thing is to think you're the center, another thing is to be the center and act like it, uh, and, and, and appear not to be. So he appears not to be, but he is. So it's therefore, it's all very, very, very charming, asserting himself as he does. And that uh, Leo, I should be given full attention. Mm-hmm. So it's not, Mon is not a part of, um, that's all you're up to. What else? And then what is the uh, relationship Krishna's emotion towards Indra developed in later years? What? Well, uh, Krishna was upset with Indra um, for, uh, you know, the external reason is that he wants to establish in the Govardhan Leela that... Um, what he says in the Bhagavad Gita, Sarva Dharman Prityaja Mamekam Sharanam Braja, me alone, no other gods. He's saying transcend the Varnashram involves worshipping all the different gods and goddesses. He's saying Mamekam, me alone, give up the, the Dharma Marg, the Karma Marg, Varnashram, it's social religious path. Um, and it's, it, it's the low end of the religious spectrum it's like a child give me give me i want i want and and incidentally he says sarvadam pritya is a strong word pritya means also and and that gyan also that's looks looks like an improvement on karma hmm? wherein someone says if i can't have everything then well, i'll just pout i won't do anything this is the Gyani. <laughs> so he says, no, take shelter of me alone. Hmm? So me alone, Ma may come, right? So he's he's trying to uh, create Shraddha, hmm? faith in Arjuna, to tread the path of, of uh, Shuddha Bhakti, and, and the external expression of that faith is the Sharanagati, he said, so... So be a Sharanagata, surrender to me alone. <clears throat> and uh, so, uh, this is, of course, a philosophical point of tattva that he wants to establish. And then the Govardhan Leela, there has been going on for some time, traditionally, this worship of Indra. And um, so he wants to bring an end to that. And it is Indra, in the end, who coronates him and uh, amongst the other gods, and gives him the name Govinda. Hmm. And since in the Puranas, the Puranas it's Upendra, same idea in this sense. Govinda has different meanings, but here Upendra and Govinda mean the same. It means the, the uh, Indra means the chief, so the chief of the chief, the, the Kartamashan, who back to that, the chief of the chief. So he's the god of gods, right? And, and Indra, who's the chief of the gods, is saying so. Hmm. And Brahma's present, given his witness to that, and Shiva, and so forth, and and so on. This is taking place after the the end of the Gordon Leela, and Indra realizes what a mistake he's made. He gets Surabi to come with him, the celestial cow, and uh, and then at some distance they light down, and Krishna s- separates himself from his friends a little bit, to make it easier for Indra to apologize um, in private. And their friends, of course, watching from a distance. And when it's all over, they come up. And all the gods gave gifts to Krishna at that time. And 
Mother Mongo, Sri Dhamma taking it. Let me take I'll take that. I'll take that crown. Let me wear that. And it's just and the gods are looking back, thinking, what kind of who are those people? What kind of friends are what kind of people are they that treat him like that? So um that's a beautiful uh, aspect of the Golden Leela. But what I think what you're talking about is is the fact that during the Damodar Leela, the reason one of the reasons that Krishna was put down um, by Mother Yasoda while he was sucking her breast so that she could tend the milk, but she didn't have any assistance in the house to do things like that. She could, oh, the milk, I'm, I'm taking care of the baby, can you please take care of the milk? Because all of them were busy, as they would be annually, for the establishing the, the worship of Indra, getting ready for the Indra Yagya. So when Krishna became a little of age, he, a little rage came with him, right? Arose in him for um, having been traumatized in his in his childhood, and Indra was the cause. He, he thought so he had extra impetus from a from a kind of medium-sized human-like uh, perspective in Baba to be upset with. Uh, with Indra, but it's 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 not a case of being. You you could say, well, it's, I think it's said in the in the Bible. I've heard it said that. that what does it say? God is a jealous God, or something. Let no other gods before him. Uh, thou shalt have no other gods before me. But there's a statement like that. He's a jealous God. I know. Maybe it's some commentary or something. I've heard it. I see. So, so, um, but I mean, the idea there is it's a philosophical idea that uh, that that if people give their attention to gods and goddesses whose own whose only power to bestow anything derives from Krishna Himself, they're considered in the Gita less intelligent, and the fruits that they get from all their effort is 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 is. Um, insubstantial and so he's upset with them because they're not they're for, for much less for a fruit and a flower and water and some devotion they could get so much more something like that um, so it's a similar idea actually there in the Bible I think I think somebody was worshipping golden cows or something like that and false idols or something and even the Jesus then said something like that, echoing the words of the Father, I guess, from the Old Testament. But again, this is the center, saying, I should be the center. You're all off-center here. Um, it's, it's not a question of uh, uh, jealousy in romantic love, which is where the man manifests in the context of Madhurya. So uh, it's... Uh, um, it's not that Krishna's having a Madhurya relationship with Indra <laughs> or something like that. He's upset with Indra. Also because Indra doesn't know his place always. So he wants to put him in his place and establish for all of us this this point for all of the Braj saw him lift the Govardhan Hill. So it's really a, a place in the Leela narrative where the, that point in the Gita is 
is illustrated very nicely. Other points come there as well, but that's a prominent one. So, no, no, not jealousy in that, in that, in a romantic sense. And, and all the nuances of that. This is part of the man. You know, you're, you're, you're. Uh, God says, "I shall not have anyone else, false gods before me." It's not like, it's not like. Help, Radharani won't let me into the into the into the flower bower, you know, Subal, what you gotta do something about this. Yeah. That's quite different <laughs> a different affair, right? Mm. So the definition of mine wouldn't just be jealous anger, but it would be jealous anger within romantic love. It only manifests in Madhuri Rasa. It's not in Batsali Rasa, Sakya Rasa, Dasya Rasa, that there's no man, unless in unless in Sakya Rasa there's some man by way of um, empathetic hmm, love on the part of some cowards who want to sympathize, sympathize, empathize with Krishna's and Radha's romantic plight hmm, and participate in it and, in a... In a, in a, in a, in a assisting manner, so they have some semblance of the experience of it, and they can be empathetic. Yeah, so it's, 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 a, it's a particular feature of the Stahibhav of Madhuri Rasa. Hmm? It comes and it goes. It's preceded by pranai, and it's some, then it's maybe will be followed by pranai also. Again, that's diff- different. And the pranai pervades the whole of sakirasa, even from before attaining prem all the way to the end. So it uh, plays out differently. We talked about that in an unrecorded talk the other day. Yes, uh, I've written about written about that, so you can revisit it in my forthcoming book. So, all right, well, that's nice to sit with you tonight. And tomorrow we'll have another class. And is it only 10 after 7? Yeah. I have a little time, but tomorrow we have another class. And I would like the whole community to come so that I can tell them all how good they are. Hmm? All my secrets about Saragrahi. I know about everybody, so I'm going to talk <laughs> talk about everybody. <laughs> and, uh, some some thoughts, anyway. Some some direction to help us have some focus in the upcoming upcoming Separate. months. You know the upcoming separation. <laughs> yes. Okay. Sri Sri Gauradamada Vakijai, Gaurbakta Vrindaki Jai, Gaurpramanandi.